Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how you can learn the rules to control and fight for your healthcare. My guest in this episode is Scott Heiser. Scott has more than 20 years experience as a consultant for clients in the insurance and healthcare system. Scott was a partner and owner of a commercial insurance brokerage in which he led and developed an employee benefit practice that managed more than half a billion dollars in health benefits. Scott is a strategic innovator who knows the ins and outs of what can feel like the overwhelming world of healthcare and insurance. Today is dedicated to sharing his knowledge to help educate and empower others. His goal is to improve your health outcomes while lowering your costs. I think you're going to find a lot of value from today's episode with Scott. This is an issue where a ton of um, entrepreneurs and investors have reached out to me, uh, asking me what do they need to do about with healthcare? Because this is one thing that folks do not think about when they become entrepreneurs, start their own business, or quit their job to become a full-time real estate investor. So Scott's going to provide a ton of information today around this very, very important subject. If you've not checked out my podcast, Cashflow Investing Secrets, you totally should. I would highly recommend it. It's a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one concept and or idea at a time, what I've learned from interviewing over 500 Cashflow Ninjas. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast, video, and live streaming platform. We also have an investment group and community for accredited investors. If you're interested to join the group, please visit CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. You can also join us on Facebook by searching Cashflow Ninja Community. My friend Brian Page has created a cash flow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. His system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates cash flow every month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asimcapital.com 
That's A-S-Y-M-Capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. Scott, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you on to talk about a uh, very, very important topic. And I think listeners are going to find a lot of value from this, investors, entrepreneurs, business owners, small business owners. Uh, but before we get started, full full disclosure, Scott enjoys some great wine with my South African friends up in Traverse City. <laughs> I, do, I do indeed, yes. It's a great, great part of the country, and they've done wonderful things with the wines up here. How amazing is that? We just st- started talking beforehand, and this is just to fill our listeners in, and I saw that where you were located in Traverse City, Michigan, which is just a beautiful, beautiful part of the world if you've never been there. And I've got two friends right there that uh, make some phenomenal wine, so we we hit it off right, right away, right? Exactly, yeah. And we need to conclude the show with a little bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. So, uh, Scott, for my listeners, um, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I worked and helped found and started an insurance consulting and brokerage concern that became the 11th largest privately held one in the country. And I built and developed and ran the employee benefit practice. So I was primarily focused on healthcare for employers and making things work for them. Uh, that sold a number of years ago. And I have since uh, taken on this project. Uh, that I feel a, quite a great passion for because by the end of my career, I was talking to employers where I, I, what I'd say is the DNA of an employer is focused on making whatever they make. And healthcare is something that they offer their employees because maybe they have to, or maybe they have altruistic reasons they want to as well, but it's not what drives them. And really with the issues we have today, I, I really think we need to be as individuals uh, move from a passive point to a proactive point and become consumers. And, and therefore, the only way to do that, I thought, was to go direct uh, to people like you and me and, and help them through the journey with the tools, uh, trades, approaches, techniques that I'd learned through my career. Yeah, and I, we covered beforehand we, uh, a little bit too, just, and this is the one thing about healthcare, right, and the entire system, which is just, it's just mind-blowing what a mess this is. <laughs> you, co- you couldn't come up with a bigger mess, even if you wanted to, right? <laughs> Intentionally. Um, we could try, but we would still not get to where we are today. Exactly. And, one of, and one of the things that you actually cover in your book, and it's the example that I use, if you're shopping for a car, which I'm in the process of shopping for a car, full disclosure to listeners out there, and you pull, out a, you know, you pull it up on the internet, and you, you pick your make, pick your model, pick your year, pick your mileage, or whether it's new, you're more or less going to come up with what's the the car's worth, right? And get the get like the best price on the internet for it. And as you mentioned, you're also going to get all the prices of all the other competitors all around you to make an informed decision. This is not the case with healthcare whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, it, it's been a very um, opaque at best uh, industry. It's and it's now one sixth of the economy growing and is as fast as any other business, uh, tech included. Uh, in fact, tech is very interested in getting involved, and I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing in the economy. But it, it has been very closed door uh, for a whole host of reasons, and, and I don't really want to – my intent is not to demonize or cast aspersions on any, any individual participant or, or industry in, in the whole phalanx of the, the industry. Yeah. But it's time to what you said is – 
we're not consuming healthcare like we consume any other product in the U.S. And that just doesn't make sense when the greatest asset you have is yourself and you don't take the time to understand what's being done for you, to you, uh, to make sure it's exactly what you need. And, and it fits all of your goals, meaning your, your physical outcome, your financial outcome, your peace of mind. So, so that, that's really the paradigm shift that I'm looking to, to help people with is to, to become consumers. And to become a consumer, you have to be empowered with, you really need knowledge. Knowledge is king. Um, so my goal is to empower people to become consumers of healthcare, improving their outcomes while reducing their cost. And it won't be an easy journey. And, and it's not guaranteed to cut all your costs in half. But if you start picking things based on who you are and what your needs are, the choices you make will be much more satisfying. And in the long run, because they're more satisfying, they're going to reach your goals. And if they reach your goals, if one of those is financial, you'll find ways to help bring that down. And if we do that as individuals and then we aggregate that, maybe there's a chance we can have an impact on the entire industry. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, um, you know, uh, yeah, our listeners are going to get away, uh, come away with a lot of different ideas here because I think, you know, small business owners, investors, entrepreneurs, this is a question that a lot of folks reach out to us about constantly. You know, I started my business. What do I do with healthcare, basically? I quit my job and now I'm a full-time investor. How does it work? What are what are some of the things available to me? Because again, there's just not information out there. There's not really anyone out there educating you on your options, what you should be looking for, what would be a good fit for someone in that particular situation. And it's basically uh, picking up a Latin textbook of some of the stuff that people afforded over to, to me personally over the years. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, um, you yeah. know, to try and to try and come up, you know, or see what what is actually the best fit for what you're trying to accomplish and for your particular situation. Yeah, you use Latin, I use Greek. You know, it's it's yep. it is definitely foreign language, um, and it, we say in the insurance industry, in this one part of the equation we're going to work on in the insurance industry. As, as many acronyms, if not more, than the U.S. government. So it's, you know, it's not meant to be easy. Um, but maybe what we can do is take in just an individual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you break this up? Because then, as you become an employer and a large employer, and there's there's other tenants tentacles off of that that you have to work on. But if we t- take an individual and say, how would you prepare um, to to walk through the the continuum? And and w- before we start, one thing I want to say is that there, people conflate health insurance and health care as the same thing. And that's, that's one of the problems we have. Health care is the taking care of your personal health through all the means, the providers out there, your personal responsibilities, your lifestyle, so on and so forth. Health insurance is a tool, a vehicle to pay for health care. So they're, they're two different things. But with, with open enrollment coming soon, meaning literally in a number of days, it starts 11-1 through 12-15 this year uh, for all individuals buying health care. And then most 70% of the employers renew their policies on 1-1. So people will be going through their employers to pick their plans for the coming year as well. Might be It's, it's probably a good place to start. And, and what, what I looked at is being, being from a business background, working with employers, um, I started looking at this full continuum um, and said, why don't we approach this like a business solution? 
as a, or a business problem, what you do. And, and when, you, when we did that, at least, what we'd look back and say is, first, we have to understand what our objectives are, what our needs were, who we were, who our competition was. Get those basic questions understood and outlined and form the base of who we were before we ever stepped outside to think about competition, think about how we're going to sell it, how we're going to market it. So I applied the same principles. And, they, and they, they work very well here. So with a healthcare, what does that mean? You sit as an individual and you say, you really need to, de- to develop a health profile before you do anything else. That's the first thing first, a health profile. What is that? So health profiles, you, there, there are tools out there called health risk assessments that you can use um, that take biometrics some blood work, some, some basic uh, weight, uh, blood pressure, those type issues, height. And do some predictive modeling to say, what are you predisposed to potentially illnesses having in your life? What is your average health age right now? You could be 40, but your health age is 55 because you smoke and you drink too much and you don't exercise, so on and so forth. So, so you, you use that and you develop kind of who you are. Then you also, what's as critically important is you get your family history and you say, what if some, some of my immediate family members, some of more more distant family members, what illnesses, what issues have they had? What, what could I be gen, gen, uh, genetically inclined to get? And then you start to form a pretty good health profile of what you may be inclined to get from a health situation. Then you also sit down, once you have that idea, you sit down and say, what happened to me la- this year? So I'm going to look for open enrollment next year. What happened me, to me this year? What health situations that I have? What costs did I incur? What is my status right now? Am I going to continue in those same conditions in the next year? So you have a pretty good handle. Next thing you do is you say, I got a handle of what I might have next year. I have a handle of what it, where my t- general health is now and what my family is. So I've got these ideas of what I may get. Go look up what those cost. And now you have, you've got a pretty complete picture after you do that. And we, we've got some tools and you can Google. There's a lot of different ways to figure out cost. And it doesn't have to be the exact cost to a penny. It's going to ballpark numbers. But it gives you an idea of what the costs are. So, so now your objective, I would assume now, once you've understood and developed your base, is to say, I would like for, in just the narrow sense, healthcare insurance, I would like the, the coverage that is going to give me, cover me on all the needs that I have that I've identified at the, at the best cost possible, which seems pretty, you know, obvious, Mr. Obvious statement there. But the fact of the matter is it it, it doesn't. So, so now what I'd say is you're, you are prepared to understand what's out in the marketplace. And that's going to be one of two things. One is through an employer or one of the health, the healthcare.gov environment, the, the individual healthcare insurance. Those are the two general insurance markets. There's some others we can talk about later, but those are the two general ones that are all ACA compliant that are very comprehensive coverages and good coverages. So now when you go, you want to look at coverages that are going to cover all your conditions that you might have. And then you want to look very closely now at all of the different type of options for deductibles, out, uh, co-insurance programs, co-pay programs, how much out-of-pocket, maximum out-of-pocket would you have to pay? All those financial numbers that they put in, that's a, that's a mush <laughs> on all these programs that you're looking at become are very, very important to look at. And the ones I just went through are all variable costs. 
And what I mean by variable costs is those are costs that you will only incur or have to pay if you get sick. The other major factor you got to look at is your premium cost. Your premium cost is the cost you have to pay monthly to buy the health insurance. And so what most people do right up front, well, there's two things when they enroll. They go, most people look and said, what did I have last year? I'm just going to sign up for the same thing because I don't like doing this. I want to get over with. I, it's, you know, it's distasteful. I'm ch check the box. As long as the price didn't get obnoxiously more expensive, check the box. I'm done. So they, most people don't do the setup that I talked about and understand yeah. where they are and everything else. So they'll just check that box. That's number one. The next, the next thing people will do is sit back and say, I want the cheapest premium possible for the lowest deductible. And they think that's the best plan. What I would suggest is, and this, this is a kind of a, like, like, picture a little side balloon that I'm saying off to the side is, do the math. It's yep. all about math at this point. Because some plans, they'll give you a lower deductible, but the out-of-pocket is the same as the higher deductible plan. So the amount, the maximum amount you have to pay is identical in two plans, but one plan has a lower deductible, which means the, the insurance will start when you meet that deductible. And I'll give you an example. It's a $500 deductible. After $500, the, the plan will go 80%. The plan will pay 80%. You have to pay 20% up to, let's say, $1,000. So that, that's one plan. And the other plan you get offered is a $1,000 deductible with $1,000 maximum out of pocket. So the plan will pay nothing till you pay a thousand dollars and then it pays a hundred percent after a thousand dollars and these are hypothetical plans i'm making just to make a point yeah but the premium on the 250 dollar plan is going to be significantly higher so what you want to do is the math you've done your homework you've gone back and said here's how many here's how many illnesses conditions i think i'm going to have next year because i had them this year and i know i'm going to have them again and here's what they cost well if you're going to have over a thousand dollars in expenses you might want to seriously consider the what looks very distasteful is the $1,000 deductible plan because the premium will be so much lower, you'll spend less money throughout the course of the year. You'll get to 100% coverage faster and your premium will be significantly less. So you got to do the math. And then the only thing what you have to really consider though is, granted, I may not have, and the difference here was a $250 deductible is a thousand, so there's seven hundred fifty dollars difference. You're going to have a cash flow issue of seven fifty, so you have to think through that, but and how you'd cover that. And there's I talk about that in my book and, and in the website and a number of different ways of managing that potentially. But you you'll get the same level of coverage at a cheaper price if you would deal with that cash flow issue. So you've got to do the math and figure it out. And and I had a perfect example of. In my last few years, in, or actually the last 10 years, um, I had an example of a, of a person that worked for a software company, software engineer. His wife was uh, pregnant and also had a son, that, a young son under, under two years old, who required significant health care costs every single year. And they, were, they had a plan that much, much like uh, I just went through, where the deductible was lower, and then there was a higher deductible plan that was offered to them. And they always took the lower deductible plan and they ended up spending $2,000 more out of pocket every year. 
they knew they, their wife was pregnant. She was going to have a child. So in that example, she knew she was going to spend at least $7,000 there. And on top of that, their son needed thousands of dollars, which equated to when you added two together about $14,000 a year that they knew they were going to spend. Yeah. Well, if they took the higher deductible plan, the, the difference from the premium amount became $2,000 to them a year, which I'm sure they could use to offset the medical expenses they were having. But they were emotionally invested with the lower deductible plan. And I, I made the point about a software engineer because from a cash flow standpoint, the, their income was there to do it. So they were too emotionally wrapped up and didn't do the math. And it's totally understandable. You're, you know, your wife's pregnant and you have a son that needs, has um, serious needs. Yeah. But that's where you, the husband, you need an advocate that can help you, someone else that can move the emotion off and do the math. I had another situation where an employee who had severe arthritic conditions, um, rheumatoid arthritis, um, just severe issues, and was spending significant money on healthcare costs every year. We, we came, we were early adopters of a health, health savings account in HSA um, back in 2004 as an employer. And she looked at it and she did the math. And she found out. She, because the premium difference, she could take the premium savings she had, put it into a health savings account, and offset the deductible. And then she went, and I'm jumping ahead to other subjects in the book, I apologize, but this is, is important. She then went to her doctor and said, I'm going to move into this plan. Can you give me a payment plan? Because she had monthly expenses. Can you help me figure this out so I can cash flow this? And the doctor did. On top of that, she, she was so prudent and frugal, she saved some money towards the third quarter and went into her doctor on the remaining money that she owed him and negotiated a discount off what she owed him because she paid with cash. And so she came out light years ahead uh, on doing that. And because she did not get emotionally involved in it and did the math. Um, so those are just two examples of a similar situation where you can do it. And a quick cheat sheet on that is, you know, you look at these higher deductibles and everybody's going, oh my God, they're horrible. And they are. I mean, they are, but that's the reality we have to deal with is if you're, if you're in your 20s, 26, 27, 28, male, even female, and you have nothing wrong with you, you really should consider higher deductible plans. Don't pay for things you're not going to use. So don't buy down a low deductible on, when you're not going to use it. You have to pay the monthly premium. You only use the deductible if you're going to get sick. And then the other side of the coin is the two examples I just gave you is if, you're, if you have a lot of healthcare claims, you may want to take the higher deductible plan. It may actually be better for you, where you know, intuitively you think it's not. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. 
Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and self storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. So that, that's, I've, said, I've said a bit, and maybe I'll stop for a second and see questions or, or, or thoughts from your, your point of view. No, those are those are great. Maybe you could just touch on premium, uh, like the FSA and HASs, um, and just how they work and how they could be utilized. You know, exactly. for, yeah, for, with, within an overall strategy, and just explain to what what they are, what they are. Right. So, an excellent excellent point to bring up. So now you've you've picked a plan, and you think, okay, that I've done the math and plan, the gold plan is the right or whatever, you know, the bronze plan is good for me, whatever plan you pick. This is the one I want to do for all the reasons we just talked about. Well, why pay the government any more money than you have to? That's kind of my motto. Pay what, pay what we need to and what we're supposed to. But if there's avenues to minimize that, I'm all in for that. And I think everybody else should be. So if you're employed, there are certain programs available to you um, through a section in, in the IRS code through, through ERISA. Uh, those are employee benefit regulations out there that your employers are, are obligated to follow um, that give you pre-tax benefits on paying for healthcare. And one is the simplest one, and I don't know really of any employee that, employer that isn't offering this, and you probably should just take this automatically is you can pay your monthly guaranteed premiums that you have to pay your contributions that your employer requires you for the plan you chose. You can pay those on a pre-tax basis. So you've just, if you do that, you've just increased your buying power by whatever your taxes is. So you pay it for with a pre-tax dollar, the full dollar you got paid, you're going to pay for your healthcare on that. So that's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. The only downside of that is that if you choose that, and it's January, you have to stay in that plan for 12 months. You can't, you can't drop the coverage with that. So, but you're going to be in the healthcare plan anyway. That, that's, a, that's a no-brainer you want to do. Then there's flexible spending accounts. And then there's health savings accounts. And I'm going to talk about them simultaneously uh, for, for a reason. And I'm going to give you kind of some nomenclature to follow. Flexible spending account allows, where you're actually, you're, you put money in, your employer can put money in, to, on, and you can on a pre-tax basis to offset known medical expenses. So if you have a high deductible, you know, you're going to have, they're going to come, going to come in. This is the way you can save on a pre-tax basis. So you stretch your dollar. But the key here is, is if you don't use it, if you don't spend that money, you lose it. Meaning it stays, stays with your employer. You can't take it at the end of the year and roll it over. There are some, there are some um, clauses in the regulation that let you extend for a 15 month period. So you, if it's for 12 months, you get an extra three months at the end of the 12 to spend that money. And there are some small rollovers, but basically you lose it. And it's the, the one you should stick in your head is you use it or lose it. The health savings account 
and and that means if you change employers or you just don't even have a healthcare claim. So if you lose, if you leave your employer, you lose it. If you don't have the healthcare expenses you thought, you lose it. The health savings account is more like a 401k, and your listeners are probably familiar with that, is that's money you can put towards a savings account on pre-tax basis to offset the deductible you'd have. And it's once you take that money and put it in there, it is your money. If you leave your employer, it's yours. You take it with you. If you don't have the healthcare expenses that year, it's yours. It stays in and, and grows for the next year. And so that's an interesting product to look at if it makes sense for you. And there's some features about that program that have to make sense for you on the plan design side. Um, they don't have any co-pays for physician office visits. Copay is where you go in and give 20 or $30 for an office visit. That's all you have to pay. And then you get to see your doctor. They don't have co-pays for your pharmacy benefits. Uh, that means you'd only pay $20, $30 for your pharmacy bill, and then you don't pay anything else. So those don't exist on there. But if you've done the math and you're okay with that, you can then save, and these plans are generally less expensive than the other programs out there. You can then take the difference in what you would have paid and put it in the savings account to offset those type expenses I just talked about if they happen. If they don't happen, you're building a savings account on a tax-deferred basis. You didn't pay taxes putting the money in. And then there's a neat little little uh, edge to it. Usually, and it depends which uh, program, which these HSAs are uh, maintained by banks, and each bank has a little bit different in, um, rules to it. But usually, at a th- once you accru- uh, accrue $1,000, you can start to invest. They'll give you mutual fund options to invest in. If you do that and you invest in it, and you know if those accounts increase, all the increases in there are tax deferred like a 401k. So gotcha. while you're under for, for 59 and a half, when you're under 59 and a half, you can use those monies for healthcare related expenses. After 59 and a half, it's your money. So a lot of people look at that and say two ways. That's another way to save, to save on taxes and, and to build another savings account like that. It offsets medical expenses. And it could also be for retirement healthcare expenses. Because on a sidebar on there, a lot of of people miss that when doing their finances, long-term planning. You you, you hit the obvious. You hit, I've got uh, child care. I've got uh, college for my kids. I've got weddings for my kids. I've got my own retirement. I've got all the house and all these things I've got to pay off. And they miss miss, uh, healthcare retirement because I've got Medicare at 65. I don't need to think about it. Well, most people after retirement age will spend up to $125,000 out of pocket from premiums, out of pocket costs, and incidental medical costs in their, in their healthcare. So the health, the health savings plan may be another way to look at that to, to build a savings account to offset those expenses. And this can also be self-directed, that account. So folks can invest in other things besides, you know, the, the regular Wall Street uh, bundle of products. Uh, you there, can self-direct those as well. You, you can. There, there are, there, it is not as free as an Auth, a Roth IRA or IRA or 401k. There's not quite the, the liberty yet to do, mm-hmm. um, but they'll give you options. And so you have to look at, you have to, to analyze which HSA account you go with because some, some will do quite a wide array of yep. 20 to 30 assets. Some may only give you four or five, but you're right. So you, so you have to pick, you have to pick and find the one that, that works for you. 
Absolutely. Now, what are some other options? Um, there might be some health share options for folks out there if they, you know, if they cannot find this plan, but maybe if you can comment just on some alternative plans. Well, yeah, so the ACA has been modified and evolved over time. And the ACA is the Affordable Care Act that came in uh, for all of us, became relevant to us in 2014. And there's been some changes and the current administration has, has modified that and, and expanded in some certain areas. One of those certain areas is they've opened up uh, association plans that were not uh, approved of before that, uh, that will count towards you qualifying for a healthcare affordability act coverage. Um, so you would go plumbers, uh, real estate agents, you name it. If you're an association, you might want to check with your association to see if they're offering plans and those plans can be, can be interesting. I will say the caveat with that is those plans could have, you have to really look at them carefully. They could have pre-existing condition clauses in there that all of the ACA programs do not have. So if I have a major health issue, it probably wouldn't make sense for you. You probably would have to wait a year before that, that certain condition would be covered. But so you want to look at, you want to look at it though, depending on, again, if you've done your health profile and who you are, you don't have to worry about it. When you start looking at it, you'll know who you are and you'll see if it makes sense or not. But check out associations. That's a, that's a good one. There's another one called, and, and they, they're generally known as Christian plans. I'll call them religious plans because there's also Jewish plans and Islamic plans out there. And they are, what's really interesting is their concept is basic insurance 101. Is that a group of people to get together and they all agree to basically pay a basic amount and then if certain individual in the group has extraordinary costs, they all chip in to help out. Well, that's the definition of insurance. Um, and they're, they're just applying it a little more stringently and, and with a, um, the, the charitable concepts of, of religion. And I'll give you a couple examples on that. Um, and health share, I think is the one you're referring to is a, is a Christian care program out there that we've had yeah. a couple members research and did phenomenally well with. So they will also have pre-existing condition clauses in there. So you have to understand that. But then what they'll do is they'll give you a base level of coverage that you get for, for a monthly premium. And then if you have catastrophic conditions, what they'll do is they have prayer requests that you then submit to the organization to get covered. And then all the membership contributes to cover your costs. Um, and what their, their claims are, all of them, that those costs get covered. They've not had those costs not covered. But you have to understand when you're getting into that, that your involvement, have, what you'll have to do as being a member. And part of that is you have to abide by basic tenets of that religion. And it doesn't go, it's more Ten Commandment type basic tenets. Um, uh, some of it is, you know, uh, smoking, you can't smoke. Um, there's some different things on birth control you'd, you'd want to look at. Uh, but it's it's not over overpowering when you look at it. Uh, and then the, the big benefit of it is the premium differences. And I want to be careful with this. It's, it'd be worth you looking into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> premium differences can be significant. Um, so I, it's worth looking into as well. And then there's a final one that's come out is, is kind of a one year, a short, short year plan, one year plan that the current administration is authorized. It's okay to do. That's if you've left your employer 
and, and you you didn't want to take the COBRA coverage, that's the continuation of care um, that's extended by your employer that they have to offer you the same coverage you have for 18 months. Um, if you didn't want to do that or you were 26, you're coming off and you don't know if you want to, you, you're, you're taking a, a sabbatical, you're up in wine country in Michigan hiking around and you, you, you know, you don't, you're not employed. You might buy a, a one year policy. It's, it's relatively comprehensive, but it all stops within a year. And those can be quite affordable too. Um, and I'll give you one other, one other tr- uh, technique to look at too, is, as you're going through this, if you have a child in college and you have a family plan, let's say you're a single, single spouse household and you've got a child in college, the programs, the healthcare programs offered at colleges have been phenomenal healthcare programs for the students, very low deductibles, very low deductibles and very low premium. And the reason why is because 18 year old to 22 year olds will call them 25 year olds don't get sick. Right? So it's a great risk. So what you could do is sign your child up for that coverage at the school and then drop the family plan and go to an individual plan with your employer and, and save some money. Again, you want to look at what are the restrictions of the college plan, but it, it could be another, another avenue to, to uh, work the program to your favor. Any thoughts or ideas for small business owners and family-owned businesses where there's a couple of, you know, more than one family members in businesses, uh, whether it be a regular product and service or real estate business? So you said, so a, 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 almost like a sole proprietor with just one or two employees? Yes. Yeah. So, and that is, that's the real rough situation. And I, my brother and his wife have that. They're both have their own sole proprietorships and they have been hit really hard with the whole ACA program mm-hmm. um, because the premiums went up so much. They're, they're both healthy as horses. Yep. And they have doubled their premiums and doubled their out-of-pockets. So what do you do with that? One is let's go back to the association, go back and say, are, are you a member of association? Even if you're not a member of association or if you're an industry, Let's take real estate and they have an association, go see if it's worth joining the association to see if you can get in if they're offering a health plan. Um, two, look at chamber of commerce plans because sometimes chamber of commerce plans will do an employer of one and you can get through that. Not all, but it, so when I say chamber of commerce plans, if you're living in Chicago, you look at Chicago's Chamber of Commerce and then go to Schomburg's and go to, to you know, go to the, each little small community and look them all up and see if they have one. So that'd be an, an, another way to do it. Uh, the other way, and this is more creative and it would take more, if you were in um, freelance writer and you knew three other freelance writers, uh, you might want, it may be worth looking in forming a little confederation and a little business together to now have three distinctly separate individuals in that business that you could go get a group insurance plan. Because once you get a group, meaning an employer-based insurance, health insurance plan, there's more flexibility. There's more plans offered. Uh, the cost can be similar, maybe a little bit better, but you have more flexibility in the type of plans to offer. Um, so that it may be worth doing that. And of course, you'd have to go to your accountants and attorneys to say, and, and draw up a contract that makes sense. And what's the cost involved with that? But if, if you're concerned about healthcare costs, that's a way to get into the, potentially to get into the uh, employer health insurance market. 
Yeah, because I think that would be, that's been, in my opinion, the biggest challenge for a lot of folks is not, you know, even like a, a mid-sized company or a bigger company, but a lot of sole proprietors, a lot of investors or someone that has teams with like, you know, let's just say a company of like five to 10 people. They've really seen, <laughs> as you mentioned, uh, premiums just double and triple and, and deductibles going higher too. Well, and so, in the, yeah. So most of those employers are going to have to take, they're going to look at the cost and if they offer it, they're going to have to look at those high deductible plans Mm -hmm. to do it. What I would suggest there is start really talking to your employees about how do you, let's be wise on how we spend our money. Um, If we put a high deductible plan, let's find, let's, and we talk about in, in, in the book about a lot of different ways to manage your cash flow and to manage costs and to bring costs down of pharmacy, bring costs down on how you select providers uh, your providers uh, in the sense that you want great relationships with your providers because they're going to take care of you. But yeah. like to your analogy about the car, I mean, there's a lot of providers out there. If you mm-hmm. get information on the, the provider X has the same outcomes as provider Y, but not the cost, start making decisions like that. So if you had a high deductible plan, you think, oh, I'm going to have to pay this huge deductible. You may not because you may be able to bring your prices down. I'll give you an example. I personally uh, was had had a knee situation and had to have an MRI in in the area I'm in. And it was going to be twelve hundred dollars, and I drove two hours and got it to four hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I have a high deductible plan. So it, it, shopping starts. Then that's so if you've got a high deductible plan, you got to become a shopper. Yeah, and the tools are out there to use them. You can find transparency tools out there. You can look to your current insurance company and, and shop all the doctors in there. Most of them now will show doctors and their prices in there. Sometimes, it, and it's really interesting, you think the, the lowest price doctor, highest outcome might be at the top <laughs> when you scroll bar on them. Go through the whole darn list. Scroll it all the way down. Uh, sometimes okay. not organized that way. Kind of maybe like, and I don't want to get out of school here, but you know, with Google, sometimes people buy their searches to the top. And right. You don't know really what their qualifications be at the top, except they bought to the top. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts for folks to um, you? This has been great, by the way, I appreciate the, the overview of all of this and all of the different options available. Any uh, final thoughts for folks uh, before the enrollment period start and any additional info for them? Yeah. So I'd sit back and say, um, do do your homework. It's not, it, no one likes doing it. It's not pleasant. I don't like doing it. <laughs> don't be direct with you. Right. But do, but do your homework and set your own goals and then go seek what's out there and make this a project. You know, it, it, it'll, it, if you spend, if you spend two, three days on this, you, it will be well spent instead of just going and trying to get it done by pulling up your enrollment site and run through it. It'll, it'll be worth your time. You'll have a better idea. I gave two live examples that people did homework. One did homework and one did not. And one spent $2,000 over they had to and the other one saved money. Yep. So it, it's happening out there. You're not alone. People are doing it. Be encouraged by that and start to take, take the bull by the horns and start to, to uh, be a proactive consumer of this, these services. And I love what you said in the beginning too, because that's my philosophy too, that health care is your personal responsibility, right? You need to take ownership of that and you need to be accountable for that. 
um, medical insurance um, or medical care is a different, completely a different uh, ball game, right? That's how you finance. You exactly. Know, you know, that's how you finance uh, that. So well, and here's, here's one little final point on the insurance that maybe, and I think we've hit this hard. Yeah. But if you, if you know, you don't want to pay for insurance that, where the service you may, you can afford, you know, you're going to have and you, and you can know you can afford it. Like a doctor's office visit, for example, if you yeah. know you can afford that, why are you buying that copay? Because what the insurance company is going to do is they take that service that, that they're now paying for you on. They're going to put their administrative services on top of it. They're going to put what they call margin on top of that, meaning they may not know, they may guess wrong on how many doctor visits all their, their membership has. And then on top of that, they're going to put profit. Yep. So your, the utility value of your dollar diminishes greatly because you're giving it to the insurance company on something that you can manage yourself. Yep. And, and the final point we make in the book too is if 50% of the claims are lifestyle-based, if you don't want to pay for health insurance to pay for health care or health care, don't get sick. And where that sounds insane, 50% of the claims are lifestyle-based. Start changing your lifestyle. And maybe you don't get sick as much. I get, great, I get it. Genetic diseases out there, uh, catastrophic events that happen to you. I'm not talking about those. That's why you buy insurance. I'm talking about the day-to-day stuff that you can, you can become healthier. You could lose weight. You could, and people all talk about it and everybody rolls their eyes. But the bottom line, this is all connected. <laughs> and if you change it, you can have a better outcome. And it's, and it's up to us. It's up to us to do that. And I there's example after example. We have people just in a few short months that have saved thousands of dollars doing simple stuff. And you can do it. And I'd, I'd encourage everybody. And I'd encourage everybody to, to, to share their stories with me. Because people are doing things that I haven't even thought of. And they're saving money and getting better outcomes. So I'm, and then share them with others. And if, if, if you and I have helped somebody today, tell three other people. Awesome. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Okay. And, I, and I'm going to type the ones I chose also pertain exactly to the subject matter we talked about today and, and kind of what we've been talking about. Yep. I would say if uh, Sir Francis Bacon, knowledge is power. Be proactive with that, that knowledge and power and understand who you are and what you want. And if you put those three together, your, your, uh, your road starts to become clearer in your path to, go, to drive down. Very, very powerful stuff. Where can um, listeners... Where can listeners learn more about you? And I know that there's also some resources that, that you have available. Where can they follow you? You're giving away 10 copies of your book exactly. to Cashflow Ninja listeners. So I've set up, I set up the domain cashflowninja.com forward slash healthcare. If you want to go there and just enter in the contest to win one of Scott's books, please do that. But where can folks otherwise reach out to you, follow you, and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Okay. So you go to uncoveredhc.com is our website. Check it out. It's growing every day. Give us suggestions of uh, what you want us to cover, what we haven't covered, and comments about it, what you, how you have gained success from us or your own stories. Uh, because we want to we create a community where we're sharing information because we all share and we get better. That's, that's our, one of our primary goals. Uh, you can look at under me personally, Scott Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R under LinkedIn. 
and follow me there or facebook.com backslash uncovered HC. And through all those, we would love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge around this very, very important uh, topic. And thank you so much for bringing so much value to all of our listeners. It was my pleasure. Glad I could do it. Hopefully it helps some people. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.